Hey, we're excited about uh, the series now that we're about to enter into. I announced last week I was kind of really believing to go into a different direction. And, and man, in the 21 days of prayer, God's just been really dealing with me on this topic. And, uh, and I really felt the Lord lay on my heart in the prayer this week uh, to really stay on the topic of where we were at and, and go into a, a more detail on it. And I'm going to start a series called The Cross. The Cross. Let's go to our text, and we're going to use all week or every month, or da, da, every week this month, we're going to use this text, and it's a powerful text. Let's read it together. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Anybody here thankful for the cross? I said, anybody here thankful for the cross of Jesus? I mean, the, the cross, when we look at it, the cross is the very foundation of everything that you and I believe as Christians. The messages we preach, the prayers we pray, the songs we sing, everything that we declare in our Christianity is founded in this thing called the cross, the cross of Jesus. The cross reveals to us the very person and character of Jesus himself. I mean, think about the words that we just sang, at the cross, at the cross, where your love ran red and my sins were washed white. Come on, anybody identify with that? No wonder we call you Savior. No wonder we seek your face. See the light shining through the darkness. Hear the roar of a rugged cross. Jesus Christ, you alone have saved us. Oh, we worship you now. Come on, anybody here able to worship him today just because of what he's already done on the cross? And, and, and I begin to look at this, and I begin to look at the cross, and I begin to look at the impact and the foundation of really what it is in our salvation. And I want to take you on a journey today and what the cross means, the significance of the cross in mine and your salvation. And today I want to start part one on the cross calls us, calls us. You wouldn't be here today if the cross hadn't called you. You didn't look the cross up, it tracked you down. There's a cry coming from the cross, whosoever will, let him come. And you didn't just happenly get saved, God sent the Holy Spirit to track you down and draw you unto him because of the cry of the cross. And there's some steps that the cross takes us through in bringing us to an acknowledgement and an understanding of who Jesus is and who he is in our life. Let's go on a journey. Number one, it's when we come into this relationship with Christ, it starts with information. Information is knowledge obtained through investigation. Because how many here remember when you were lost? You didn't know Jesus. Your life was going nowhere. It was messed up. It was confused. It was like you're on a losing road and you knew it. Come on, who am I talking to besides me? Amen. And then all of a sudden, someone interrupted your life, a friend. Maybe you were driving down the road and you heard a message on the radio. You're at home on TV or in a hotel and you heard a preacher saying something, but somehow God got your attention and began to drop some knowledge into your spirit and into your heart that maybe he is real. Maybe he does love me. Maybe there is hope for change in my life. But the Bible says in John 6, no man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. You see, if you have any desire to know God or simply know more about God, it's because the Father, God the Father, has stirred your heart to begin to investigate, to find the truth, to obtain fulfillment in the spiritual void that you might be or might have been experiencing in your life. That all of a sudden, your eyes were open to the knowledge that, that maybe Jesus is real. 
And maybe God does love me. And maybe there is hope. And then all of a sudden, when I begin to get a little bit of that knowledge, the Holy Spirit begins to take that knowledge and he informs me that he himself bore my sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live for righteousness for by his wounds we have been healed both physically and spiritually. That he that knew no sin became sin. That you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It didn't start with the full experience. It started with just a drop of knowledge that maybe it will work for me. I've tried the counselor. I've tried the doctor. I've tried the professional. It has hasn't completely worked yet. Maybe it's aided me, but I'm still dealing with the same stuff. But maybe Jesus just might have the ability to change my life. Just starts with a little bit of knowledge. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, God loves us so much that he gave his son to die on the cross so that the cross could call us God gave his son because we had been separated from God because of our sin. And sin separates mankind from God. But God so loved us. He so loved us. He so wanted to be in relationship with us again that he sent his son to die just so he could call, make one more call and say, whosoever will, let him come. It's not over. You're not destined to death and damnation. I've sent my son. He's paid the price. I want you to hear the call. The call of the cross is whosoever will, he can come to me. If you're thirsty, you can drink. If you're hungry, you can eat. But if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He brings us a knowledge that maybe Jesus does love me. And then when I receive that knowledge of that thought, it leads me into information, or excuse me, illumination. Information guides me into illumination, and illumination means to brighten with light. Paul says in Corinthians, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. We shared with you earlier that the the cross is foolishness to those that don't believe. They haven't had their eyes open yet. They they haven't seen. They they haven't had the Holy Spirit and enlightened the truth of God's word into their heart. They haven't received that yet. But to those of us that have, all of a sudden we realize, I remember when you were blinded. I mean, the enemy had you blinded to the truth of God. And some may be here today that are blinded. He said the enemy has blinded their eyes, the minds of the unbelievers, that they cannot see the light. But one day the Holy Spirit, when you grasp a little bit of knowledge of God's love, the cross, all of a sudden when you begin to just feed on that, the Holy Spirit came and began to shine light on that. And he began to let you see, yeah, this is for me too. This is really an opportunity for me. He began to show you God's love. You see, before you met Jesus, you were in spiritual blindness. I was in spiritual blindness. Paul says in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, the call of the cross, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God, all of a sudden, he takes us when we were lost and in darkness and we were blind to the truth of his love for us. And then all of a sudden, he comes in his grace and he sends out a call and he begins to shine a light into our heart and into our life and he begins to let us see. Look at what Corinthians says. And I wanted, I'm gonna to talk to you pastorally for the next five minutes. I want you to hear my heart. 
Paul says in Corinthians 1, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That was our text, but then I want you to go on with me. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will destroy the intelligence of the intelligent, and I will frustrate it. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Now watch this. For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was, not, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Let me, let me explain all this to you. You see, sin separated us and alienated us from God. But the Bible said the cross to those who don't believe is foolishness, but to those of us that we, we gained a little bit of knowledge, somebody shared a word with us, we heard the word of Jesus, and all of a sudden the light of the Holy Spirit began to turn on, and we begin to understand maybe God does love me. Then God comes in in this next stage in this walk with God, and he begins to do this work of illuminating, illuminating, showing us his love in our heart. Because you see, enslaved by addiction, lust of our flesh, sexual perversion, distorted sexual identities, most often caused by personal abuse or self of lack worth, held us captive to anger, bitterness, unforgiveness gripped our heart, causing us to make more destructive decisions with our life. The message of the cross is one of repentance. It's one of turning from our lifestyle of sin and calling us back into relationship with the Heavenly Father. How many is thankful today that the cross didn't condemn you? It's calling you. I said, how many is thankful today that the cross isn't condemning me for where I am? It's calling me from where I am. He's saying, don't listen to the wise of the world. Don't listen to the philosophers of the world. They're telling you you're okay when you're not. They're telling you that you're approved when God says you're not approved. You're approved, but what you're doing's not. And what I'm offering you is a way out. How many's glad that you're not bound by your sin any longer because the cross is calling us. It has called us, and he didn't come to condemn me for my sin. He came to call me out of my sin. And he gives me an opportunity to walk out of that lifestyle that's destroying me. You see, We've got to realize today that our decision to the call of the cross will cause us to either run into the fellowship with Jesus or alienate ourselves even more from the presence of God. 1 Corinthians, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's on earth and in heaven, by the way. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sin committed deliberately and habitually that is not repented of disqualifies one from participating or inheriting the kingdom of God on earth or in heaven. Did you hear what I just said? I'm reading scripture here. Jesus is saying, the cross is calling you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm giving you a way out. The cross is calling you to come out of that. I want to set you free from that hurt. I want to set you free from that bondage. I want to set you free from that addiction. I want to set you free from that offense. I want to set you free from that unforgiveness. I'm not here to beat you up. You've been beat up enough. And if somebody else isn't beating you up, you're beating yourself up. I want to call you out of that. I'm calling you out, but you've got to make a choice to hear the call or not. And if you refuse the call, you're going to alienate yourself even more from my presence. 
and from my love. He says, do not be deceived. He says, don't listen to those that I just mentioned. Don't listen to the psychiatrists, psychologists, those that are trying to help people that are they call crazy when they're crazy themselves. Don't, Jesus is saying, don't listen to the experts of the world because they're telling you a lie. They're lying to you saying that lifestyle is okay. It's not according to my word, but I'm not here to judge you by my word. I'm here to free you by my word. Come on, you hear what I'm preaching today? Amen. I'm here to set you free. Don't be deceived. Neither, then he says, neither the sexual immoral shall enter the kingdom. What is that? Sexual activity other than that between a man and a woman in a marital relationship. And if you're involved in any of that, Jesus isn't here to kill you and beat you up today, and I'm not here to judge you as a pastor. I'm here to love you, and that's why I'm taking the risk of preaching this in the risk of being uh, misunderstood and offending somebody, but I would rather you hate me now and make it to heaven than to love me now and me help you go to hell. Because I'm preaching a message of grace and love right now that God's saying these things will keep you away from my kingdom, but I haven't come to keep you out. I've come to call you in. And I want to free you. Any witnesses besides me of the grace and the delivering power of God in your life? And then, then he comes on and says, nor adulterers, which is anyone worshiping anything more than God, nor adulterers. And by the way, that's married people having a physical or emotional relationship with anyone other than their spouse. Nor those who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, which is verbal abuse nor swindlers which will inherit the kingdom of God. And here's what he closes. And such were some of you, but the cross. I said, but the cross. Such were some of you, look at what he says, but you were washed. That's salvation. You were sanctified. That's being set apart. Set apart as righteous. You were justified. You get to stand just as if you had never sinned in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Why? Because you answered the call of the cross. The cross isn't here to condemn me. The cross is here to save me. I'm not here as a pastor to condemn you because I'm working out my own stuff right now. Come on, you with me? And not one of those sins is any worse than the other. And then he adds seven more. He says... These things are abomination to me. They make me feel extreme disgust, haughty eyes, pride, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run to do evil, a false witness against others, one who sows discord among the brothers. You see, the decision is not one of the church, it's one of the individual. Will I receive the call of the cross in my life? Will I receive that freedom, that opportunity of freedom in my life finally, or am I going to reject that call and listen to the wise of the world and ignore the wisdom of God and live my life in misery and pain and in bondage for the rest of my life? You see, and when people do that, they go, the church rejected me. No, the church didn't reject you. You rejected the call because the church is here to embrace you, even in your failure. We're here to embrace you. Even in your struggle, we're here to embrace you. We're your family. We're going to love you. Our part's to love you through your journey. God's part's to free you. Your part's to accept it. That's good preaching. 
You see, Jesus said, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ. I don't know about you, but there's some deep stuff in my life God had to heal. Some deep wounds, man, some deep bondages. Some stuff I was ashamed of, and I'm ashamed if I talk about it today because it was that ugly. But thank God for the cross. And I was raised in a Christian home. But that don't exempt you from the attack of the enemy and the lie of the enemy. So you don't have a perfect preacher standing up here telling you that you need to get things right with God. You're looking at a man that sat on his bed for three nights with a loaded pistol to his head in 1998 wanting to die. So before you sit there going, he's judging me? No, you don't know how much I'm trying to reach you right now because I know what it's like to be destitute and desolate and alone and feeling like there's no hope for change. No, I've been there. I can write the book. But I'm trying to call today the call of the cross. And the call of the cross isn't to condemn you. It's to finally bring that healing in your heart that like me, you spent thousands of nights crying out to heaven asking God, when's my day coming? When's my moment coming? It's going to come when you answer the call of the cross. Number three. I didn't mean to get emotional there, but here we go. Illumination brings us into inspiration. I've got to hurry. Inspiration is to influence, to move, to guide. Jeremiah said, for I know the plans I have for you. I love this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Here's what happens. Knowledge comes that maybe God does love me. Illumination comes and lets me begin to see the love that God really does have for me, that that he really loves me in the midst of my struggle and even my sin, that he loves me, that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me, that he really does love me. And then it inspires me to go, you know what? Maybe he does have something good for me. Maybe there is a chance. Maybe there is a hope for me because he does. For I know the plans I have for you, God says. Even right now when you're rejecting me or when I was rejecting him, God said, I know the plans I have for you. I've got a plan for you. I've got a plan that I'm gonna bless you. I wanna prosper you. I don't wanna harm you. I've got plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't God amazing? That God doesn't come down with a gavel and call you into a courtroom in front of everybody to embarrass us, knowing that we've messed up. Anybody besides me messed up? Knowing that we've messed up, that we're in sin, that, that we're doing stuff that goes contrary to the word, and God doesn't call us into a courtroom and slam a gavel down in front of everybody and say, this is Dan Livingston. He blew it. And shove a gavel down and sentence us. No, you know what the Bible says he does? The Bible shows us, it, it's right here. He comes and he pulls us aside into a secret place and he does it privately and he begins to whisper into our spirit and into our ear and the prophet Isaiah tells us, Jesus says, come on now, let us reason this together. Come on, Ryan, let's talk it out. Come on, Dan, let's talk this out. Come on, Brad, let's let's talk this out. Yeah, yeah, there's sin in your life. You're in bondage. You're you're breaking my heart. You're going against my word. But I've not come to condemn you. I've not come to humiliate you. I've not come to judge you. Come on, let's talk this out. Though your sins are as scarlet, I'm going to make them white as snow. Come on, let's talk it out. Let's work this out. Come on, you and I, let's go on a journey 
I, I, I want you to realize today that this journey's for you, that I want to now take you on a journey because though you're bound in sin, I'm taking you on a journey and I'm going to make you white as snow. And all of a sudden, I begin to see the picture that God does have great plans for me. God does want to free me and set me free. You see, God says, I have great plans for you. Don't reject me. Don't reject my word. Surrender my, yourself to me. You see, you, you may say that you don't think you can live without that addiction, but you can because God says, I'm going to help you. you. You may not think that you can make it over that sexual appetite, but God says you can because I'm going to help you. you. You may not feel like you can get over that anger and unforgiveness, but God says you can because I'm going to help you because you're not alone. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Quit trying to be strong. Just answer the call of the cross. God says, I'm gonna take you on a journey and I'm gonna make you an overcomer. Inspiration leads us into revelation. Now that I'm inspired that, man, God's got a plan for me, it begins to reveal to me unknown facts that are now made real in a very dramatic way. Paul says in Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Or to get at least one hallelujah on that. That's not in your notes. I know I was up at 325 this morning. I've been up ever since preaching this to myself. I woke up preaching this in my spirit at 325 and been back to bed. I've been just praying over this thing today because I want God to set some people free in this house today. I want the grace of God to free some people that the enemy's been lying to. I want the healing of God to heal some hearts and some hurts in here today that are long-term bondages, but God's about to stop that and bring some freedom and some life. There's some struggles in here that God's gonna break those chains today, not just break them, but destroy them. Because his word works. And the cross is still calling. And he's calling you that he wants to come and change your life forever and ever. There was a young man, Shirley was with me. She's back there somewhere. I heard her. Oh, she moved. Okay. Shirley was with me in Cincinnati when I pastored there. And, and God spoke to me one day. And, and, and there, was a, there is a hospital in Cincinnati that really caters to AIDS patients and their families with people with full-blown AIDS. And God spoke to me and, and really laid on my heart a burden for AIDS patients and their families. And so I would go in there a couple days a week, and they gave me permission to just go room to room and pray with these people that are their worlds crashed, they're dying. And regardless of what the cause of the, the, the situation is, there's a heart and a soul there that needs Jesus and a family that's broken and hurting. And, and God allowed me to lead many people to Jesus there in that hospital for many walks of lives and different orientations, but the cross and the gospel still works. And, and, and I buried many of them at the, as they died from the disease. But, but God spoke to me, and I, I scheduled, I planned. And, and, and people said, it won't work, it won't work, it won't work. But God laid on my heart to do a Friday night service and just invite AIDS patients and their families to our church. And we're just going to minister the grace and the love of Jesus to them. And people said, nobody's going to come. Nobody wants to be identified with AIDS. Nobody's going to be there. And you couldn't find a seat. Because when you're sick or tired of being sick and tired, and you realize that I've got to make some real decisions with my life, you don't care. It's like a woman having a baby. All dignity just went out the room. My wife's a very prim and proper woman, but when she gave birth to my children, she didn't care who was in the room, what they saw, just get this out. You know what I'm saying? Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Don't care, no cameras, don't care, just get this out. I'll kill you later, but right now, get this out. You know, that's what sin will do to you. 
that you'll finally come to a place in your life that I don't care anymore. I just want this out. I want to be free. Place filled up. Long story short, there was a young man there. I won't mention his name because his family don't know everything, but never been in church in his life, never held a Bible, never didn't know John 3.16. He sat in the back. He didn't get saved that, that night, but he came back to church Sunday because he got some knowledge. And he came back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday he got a little more knowledge, and then he got some illumination. He began to see, the Holy Spirit began to turn the light on that maybe God might really love me. Maybe this God is real. Then all of a sudden some revelation, understanding, God's grace began to shine in his life. He was on a journey. God was taking him on a journey. And I'll never forget, it wasn't a Sunday morning, it was a Friday night service that he walked down to the front and he gave his heart and life to Jesus. He didn't just pray a prayer. He met the Redeemer. He heard the call of the cross. And God set him free from years of sexual addiction and bondage from a lifehood of abuse and rape as a young boy that the enemy was tormenting his life for his entire life. He was tormented. But that day, Jesus set him free. He had never owned a Bible. We went and bought him a big print Bible because he couldn't see that well from the disease. And I'll never forget that from that day, I would always show up at church like an hour early. He showed up two hours early. He lived an hour and a half away. He lived in Ohio, uh, way up north Ohio, and he would drive to church every Sunday two hours early, and he would sit out front and read that Bible. He ate that Bible. He drank that Bible. A spirit of God had turned a light on, and all of a sudden, he began to grasp that this is for me. This is for me, and I watched him totally, God, transform his life and then he said, Pastor, I got to go to California and I got to share this gospel with my friends that are lost over there and they're bound and I got to go. And I said, hey, just wait a little while longer. Let's don't rush over there too soon. I want to get you strong and really found, you know, grounded in the word a little bit more. But I, he was so passionate about sharing the gospel with his friends that he got on a plane and went and some people he owed money to killed him. Murdered him in the streets of San Francisco. But if you go to that church in Cincinnati, there's a plaque with his picture on it. There's a statement on there that God sent us an angel that taught us how to love and taught us way more than what we ever could teach you. Thank you. And I'm here to tell you today that God loves you so much that no matter where you are in your life, this message isn't a message to judge you and condemn you. I'm trying to scream as loud as I can without being rude at you today that the call of the cross is not to come and kill you, it's come and save you. It's not to come and beat you up, it's come to heal you of the beating you've already taken. And God wants you to see and feel that call today. Because revelation brings realization, which is to become fully aware of something to be a fact. Paul says, for God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. This is when you really get it. It becomes a reality. I am really a new person in Christ Jesus. That though I still have some struggles and though I haven't got it all wired down yet and it's not perfect, I can look in that mirror and say, you're not what you want to be yet, but boy, are you not that person anymore. I'm a new person in Christ. Yeah, there's still some struggles. Yeah, there's still some slips. Yeah, there's still some stuff, but I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul says in Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel 
because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, not only am I realizing it, it moves me into number six, transformation, which is to change in structure, appearance, and character. See, when you truly have an encounter with Jesus, you won't be that same person anymore. People on your job are going to be asking you, what happened to you? If you got saved and no one's noticing it, you need to get really saved. If your friends aren't going, what happened? You don't do that with us no more. You need to come back and get saved again. Paul says that in reference to your former manner of life, listen, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. That, that's those experts telling you that you're okay when you're not. And that you be renewed, that's transformed, in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. Stand up, Ryan. Come here, Ryan. Do you know this week he became a new self? He's lost over 200 pounds naturally with no medication, totally hard work and commitment. But this is the new Ryan. And I can promise you he ain't going back. Am I right? Because he ain't got no clothes. He gave them all away. He ain't going back. Because he loves the new man. He loves this guy. He didn't like that guy. That guy was alcohol. It was destroying him. It was loneliness. It was isolation. It was no worth, no value. Today he stands the son of God, a leader in a church and a pastor in a ministry, a new man. Not just physically, but spiritually. He ain't going back. And that's what God is saying to you. Congratulations, buddy. That's what God is saying. That God's saying, I want to transform you. I want, I want you to see a tra- I want you to see the transformation taking place in your life. Yeah. And how many can look today at yourself and go, I used to hate this person, but now I kind of love myself a little bit. I, I used to not like this person, but I'm liking what God's doing to me right now. I, I like the person that God's creating me to be because he's transforming me by the renewing of my mind. And then I'm obeying his word and I'm desiring that change to come, not resisting and fighting it. You see, stop struggling with the old life and start enjoying the new life. Some of you need to get out of your rearview mirror and start looking through your windshield. Just try driving here in your rearview mirror. You won't make it out of your neighborhood because you're going to crash. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm just saying today that too many of us are living in the rearview mirror and we're missing God's plan to bless and favor and give us hope and a future because you can't find your future and your past. Are y'all hearing me today? You can't do it. And God loves us so much. I'm not supposed to be here today. I said, I'll never preach another message. I was hurt that bad. I said, I'll never stand in front of another church and preach again. 1998, that's done for me. But here I am. And I won't do anything but this till I die. This is what I was born to do. 
I'm just trying to be as transparent as I can with you today so that if you're here and the enemy's lying to you and going, well, another church trying to judge me. No, this is a pastor that knows what it's like to be at the lowest point that mankind can go and find the grace of God and the call of God, the call of a cross that won't let you go because God loves you. Listen, everybody look at me for one second. Because in my darkest hour of my life, a preacher told me this and it made me mad. And so I'm probably going to make some of you mad, but it worked. He said, God loves you too much to let you go. And he loves you too much to let you get by. Can I tell you today? God loves you too much to let you go. He gave his son. And he loves you too much to let you get by because what you're trying to get by with is going to keep you out of heaven. And he's just not going to let that happen. You're going to have to want to go to hell to get there because God's going to drive you crazy on the journey. Thank God for a call of the cross. At last, I close. I've already, I've got to close. Transformation leads us into manifestation. Transformation will lead you into manifestation is to display or demonstrate. Paul says in Colossians, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Do you see it again? You were enemies with God, alienated from God. Why? Not because God didn't love me. It's because of my nature, my evil, my sinful nature. But then he comes in, but. Boy, don't you love that word, but? It changes things. You were alienated from God. You were his enemy because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish. Without blemish. What does that mean? God did not and does not just forgive us of our sin. He forgives us of the penalty of our sin. We don't have to carry the blemish of our past. Come on, anybody here thankful for that? Without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel you finally come into that place that I begin to manifest the Word of God in my life, that I begin to allow the Holy Spirit to make that Word real in my life, there is no going back. There is no listening to the lies of the enemy. There is no going back into that mindset that I'm no good, I'm unworthy, I'm bound. This is how I was made. This is how God created me. No, God only creates in His image and His likeness. He doesn't create addicts. He doesn't create perversion. He doesn't create this. He created us in his image and his likeness. And Jesus on the cross established a call that says, I can bring you back in your sinful nature back into that original image and likeness that I originally created you in so you're not having to deal with all this stuff any longer. That's the message of the cross. Not to beat you up. Not to tell you that you're not worthy is to tell you that Jesus makes you worthy and the cross is calling you home. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray as a pastor right now that God, you will not let the enemy lie to one person in this building today for we all have sinned and we all have fallen short 
of the glory of God. There's not one of us in here righteous. No, not one, your word says. For our righteousness is as filthy rags. But you that knew no sin became sin. That I, Dan Livingston, and every one of us in this room today might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And today I pray, Lord, for those that are in this room right now that the enemy's lied to, the enemy's beat on, the enemy's tormenting their mind, their spirit, their soul, their body, telling them that they can't change, telling them that change can't happen, that, that nothing can change, that, that it's going to be this way for the rest of their life. And I, I ask you right now to destroy that lie. I ask you right now to open their heart, open their mind, open their ears, and let them hear the call of the cross. They're saying, come on now. Come on, let's, let's sit down. Let's reason this out. Let's come to a plan. Let's, let's make this work in your life. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. That's what Jesus is saying. And if you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Dan, and nobody's looking around, this isn't for me. This is for God to see you acknowledge. And I'm going to talk to Christians right now first. How many Christians in here, and I'm going to make two altar calls today. How many Christians in here today would say, mm, boy, I didn't come expecting this, but I'm glad you preached it. Because I, I, when you started naming some of those things, ah, God got me. But today, I don't feel condemned. I feel hope that even in the midst of my struggle and failure, Jesus still loves me, and I'm going to hear the call of the cross today. How many Christians would lift a hand and say, I got the message today, and this is for me. There's some things in there that I got to get right. I'm going to heed the call of the cross. I'm running to the cross, not from it. Many, many hands. You can put them down because I'm going to pray for you in a moment. How many in here right now will say, Pastor Dan, I'm at that, I'm at, I'm at that beginning stage. I, I need Jesus in my life. I need a new start. I'm, I've been lied to. The enemy's lied to me. I'm so angry right now because I realize how much I've been lied to. And I realize now I don't have to live in this bondage. I don't have to live in this struggle. I don't have to live feeling so bad about myself. But today I realize that Jesus is calling me. The cross is calling me, not condemning me. And today I want to answer that call. And I just want to say, Jesus, if you can help me, here I am. Help me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want Jesus to see your hand. If that's you, would you lift a hand up right now wherever you sit? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, who else? I'm ready for a change in my life. I'm ready for that change that I've been seeking for, looking for. I'm ready for that void in my heart to be filled. I'm ready. I'm ready for that change. Pray for me. Who else? Very quickly before we pray. You say, that's me today, Pastor. That's me. God bless you. You can put all your hands down. I want you to pray with me right now. We're going to join you in prayer. If you want Jesus to change your life right now, you want him to change your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me and we're going to join you so you're not alone. Say, Jesus, you said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess, believe, and receive, I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. According to your word, I'm saved. I'm a brand new person in Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's celebrate.